Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, the only horror podcast that will not leave the lid down when visiting your house. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we are reviewing Adam Wingard's 2014 film, the guest mm-hmm. but before we get going let me remind you we are part of the boom howdy podcast network boom howdy where you can find all of our past episodes at boomhowdy.com and if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go simply search for either nightmare junkhead or boom howdy and in your itunes or stitcher app and when we download latest episode it will download directly into your listening device of choice straight, straight into your ear hole absolutely good aural uh, so before we get going into the uh, the meat of this episode i want to give our audience kind of an update of what we're doing this weekend because yeah. we're going to be dropping this uh, episode on the 20th and this weekend crypticon man crypticon Kansas city crypticon yeah i'm and i'm i this is my first time attending oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm popping his cherry it's i know I, I told him to be gentle uh just you know <laughs> hold my hand <laughs> look me in the eye right, you know? right. Uh, i'm i'm really excited for it's this. a you're gonna have a blast dude you're gonna have so much fun it's so ridiculous. not only are we gonna be there but like mm-hmm. the horror club is gonna horror be there that's gonna where be there. We'll probably our listeners can find you for the most mm-hmm. part yeah or walking around or i should say staggering around this is uh this is more of a liver endurance test weekend. Oh, God. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's, uh, the Boom tw- How- yeah, Boom Howdy's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Ron Reynolds. A lot of the people we've talked about. Zach and Erica. A lot of lot of um, the people we've had on here or have talked about or everything is going to be there. So, And where's this at again? It's at the Howard Johnson on Universal Avenue over there by the Pile of Debris Casino. Going to the Hojo, y'all. Yeah, I know, right? And I'm excited, too, because we're the fact you you basically you've, you're a, a veteran yeah. of the Crypticon and you've already uh, you've got a room set up mm-hmm. uh, for partying. But more importantly, we're going to have kind of our mobile podcasting studio. Yeah. And so we're going to be talking to, uh, you know, attendees, guests, our listeners, hopefully, you know, yeah. if anyone wants yeah. to come in and, let you know, talk with us, mm-hmm. geek out with us, because this is all horror all the time, which yeah. is, you know, what we are here oh, on yeah. Nightmare Junkhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, we've got who Tony Todd's going to be there. Yeah. Lance Henriksen. Anderson, Sid Haig. Sid Haig. Oh, it's going to be great. Vernon Wells. Vernon. Oh, God. Yeah. Wes is going to be there, man. Uh-huh. So there's just so many good things <laughs> that I've already. Four. Yeah, it's going to be great. You can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And I've already told you off mic, I was like, you know, I, being my first one, I'm not really sure what to expect, but I've already limited myself because I know just in terms of the amount of shit I'm, I'm going to want to yeah, buy. Yeah, you're going to want to buy it. You're gonna, there's a lot of stuff you're going to want to buy, but, you know, there's some stuff that you should buy. Right. There's the want and the yeah, shoulds. There's, there's the there's the wants and shit. Well, I'm limiting myself to rare movie posters, mm-hmm. and then if they've got any good horror scores on vinyl, mm-hmm. that's the main thing I'm going to be looking for. Yeah, I'm anxious for that. Oh yeah, you're gonna have no. fun. And then uh, if you don't see us at the Crypticon, uh, we are still hosting a lot of films at the Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you that came out for Repo Man, uh, the Heckle and uh, Heckle and yeah, Jekyll and Hyde portfolio. <laughs> Heckle and Je- hey Heckle, yes Jekyll. Uh, what we've we done we've done Conan uh-huh. uh, and then we also hosted uh, Blood Massacre I uh, hope you guys have had fun with it we have a blast doing yeah. it um, we try to make it more interactive uh, so we want you to come out to it because we, we provide prizes oh yeah some of them are out of our pockets some, some of, them, of them are out of our some of them Alamo oh man <sighs> some Mondo posters that we do not want to give away Conan um, and Repo Man we, we yeah. were able to give away Mondo posters mm-hmm. and let me tell you it was tough to give those away yeah, yeah. it was basically you know we were basically pulling back and forth with the winners of that we might post a picture of the poster and the winner on uh, our on Boom Howdy. Excellent. So, yeah. I think we should. You yeah. know, not that you need a reason to come out to the no, movies, but, but we try to enhance it, make yeah. it a more fun, interactive experience. Uh, but we've got some host dates coming up on uh, August 
25th. Uh, <laughs> get ready to get your creep on. Oh, man. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome presents Sweet Trash, mm-hmm. and this is going to be an interesting one. Not Street Trash. No, not, not, not the, Street Trash? No, no, no. Just a said, lot of people are like, Street oh, Trash? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Not Melting Hobos. No, no, it's sweet trash. But this movie is gooey, so it is there's, pretty gooey. And this is basically one of those you want to bring out your trench coats yeah, for. It puts the moan in Black Snake moan. It's it's straight up Forty Second Street exploitation. It very much yeah. is. This is something you would have this seen in the Grindhouse. Grind yeah, this, this is, is it's grind noir house. and nudity. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then on nudity, noir. Oh, boom. New Arnity. Okay, yeah. if, if you come out, expect us to lay that one out, courtesy of Genius here. If it's a good uh, idea, it's a genius. Uh, then September 5th, we're hosting the Garbage Pail Kid movie. Which is one of the worst, oh. best movies, or the best, worst movies of all time. I haven't time. seen it in a while, so I'm kind of curious to see. Even, it didn't really hold up back then. No, because it's, it was, it's pretty bad. It's bad, but it's uh, going to be fun. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's one of those fun, bad ones. I'm going to try to find a leather jacket to go as Greaser Greasy Greg. Greaser Greg. I w- Do you have a Garbage Pail Kid named you? No, man, that's I don't a have a. I don't have a, a genius. Yeah, genius or nor McGee. Or no, I'm sure there's a McGee somewhere, but there's no genius garbage pail kid. There should be. So, any artists out there? Mm, if uh, you want to draw something like a garbage pail kid geniusy, just... they could actually probably even do the um, the Willy Wonka. Yeah, the Wonka. The Wonka. That would be good. Yeah, make it happen, listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we also later in September we're going to be hosting uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. That's going to be fun. Uh, Angel of Fury. Cynthia, get Ooh, your Cynthia, Cynthia rock, rock, rock on. Yeah. And then the one I think we're most excited for is uh, the El- Canon documentary, the Electric Boogaloo one. Yes. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know how excited we are about this one, go to our um, our other podcast, Nerds and Nostalgia. We did a whole Canon Madness in March, and we had brackets, we had everything. So. We did a three-part episode yeah. on that where we we weren't able to get into all of them. We just kind of focused on our favorites mm-hmm. because anything like that, you know, you just can't reach everyone. No. <laughs> but I'm, honestly, this is a chance to maybe even revisit that and yeah. talk about the ones we didn't get to talk about mm-hmm. initially. But it's going to be a blast. Like I said, we try to keep it interactive. We try to give prizes away. We just want it to be something you walk away from going, damn, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Much mm-hmm. like with the podcast, hopefully, it's just more conversational. It's just something that you feel connected to. Mm-hmm. So it's always a good thing like that. So... Mentioned we are going to be talking about Adam Wingard's The Guest, but before we get into that, I wanted to uh, open up with the importance of a movie trailer. Mm-hmm. And the reason I the reason I bring this up is the reason it took me so long to see this movie was the initial trailer I saw eh, yeah. didn't really sell me on the film. And I'm it's actually based the very fact that we're talking about this movie on this podcast should kind of give you a, a hint of what the movie is all about. Mm-hmm. But the trailer really doesn't sell you on it. Right. And before we go into it's it's not straight horror. No. It's no, not no, a it's, monster. It's not a, 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 a remorse. Well, I took that back. It's not, <laughs> it's not like a slasher in the typical, your, your typical Freddy, Jason, Michael vein. And, and let me just say right away, we are going to get into spoilers on this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. So if you have not seen The Guest yet... Stop what you're doing. Because we're about to ruin. We are about to ruin, man. <laughs> um, it's actually available on Netflix Instant. If you yeah. don't have Netflix, go out and buy it because it's well worth your buy. But we are going to spoil the shit out of it. Yeah. And I don't want to ruin any of it for you. So if you haven't, again, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Come back to us. Mm-hmm. So let's get a minute. It's not a slasher movie per se. No, but it's definitely slasher tendencies. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing with the, the trailer. It doesn't tell you that at all. Mm-mm. It makes it more look like a... Hand That Rocks the Cradle kind of movie, mm-hmm. uh, which, don't get me wrong. Rebecca DeHornay. Rebecca DeHornay, breastfeeding, you know, yeah. I'm all good for that. Ernie Hudson. Mwah. Love yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Right? And that it, is, it kind of plays it as that kind of a, a, a good son mm-hmm. with Macaulay Culkin and Elijah. Yeah. With, uh, Elijah, Elijah Wood. Yes. 
where it's an outside element is introduced into a family and shenanigans, shenanigans ensue. Right. Yeah. But, when, but not the fun kind of shenanigans. Not like the... Although the guy did have a lot of fun before everything went down. Between, yeah, when the, the, yeah. the, the turn happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's why it took me so long. And this is actually why one of our segments we have, we have the segment we call I've Seen That, mm-hmm. where... In polite horror company, if we're asked about a movie we haven't seen, but we know we should, we'll yeah. say, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. We'll fake it till we make it. And yeah, this is one of those films that everyone told me I needed to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you had heard a lot about it. No, about- I've heard a lot about it. Like, oh, that's a guest. You should see the guest. And I'm like, okay. And then, like you said, you see the trailer and it's like. What is this, Criminal Minds? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, okay. It, and and I, I think to its credit, it doesn't really spoil it. Right. But at the same time, it doesn't really give, give you, you I- what it really is. Right. Yeah. Which is a shame because this movie is a lot of things. <sighs> it's a true 80s throwback to mm-hmm. me. And it harkens to a time of those just kind of hard-edged action films that were kind of hybrid horror movies. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're talking about on this particular podcast, because technically this is a horror movie, right. but not in the traditional sense. No, it's not supernatural horror. No, not at all. No, not at all. This it's is more not... like like almost a criminally minds, like something somebody's fucked up type horror. When I saw this initially, my first uh, instinct was to compare it to The Hitcher. Yeah. Because, yeah, I could see that. Because with Rutger Hauer playing, he's almost like a slasher in that movie as okay. well, but the <laughs> yeah. non-traditional, mm-hmm. you know, where he's bringing out guns. He's bringing out the the friggin' semi and tearing poor Jennifer Jason Lee apart, man, and one of the most cringe-inducing scenes I have ever seen when she's drawn and quartered there. <laughs> uh, but I was also reminded of The Stepfather as well. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I remember loving it, even part two and three. I, n- I see. I never saw the follow-ups. I just remember this, The Stepfather really freaked me out. Yeah. Because it was one of those films that, to me, seemed somewhat realistic. Mm-hmm. It was a horror film that could possibly happen in Small your town America. Yeah. And that's what that's what this one definitely feels. So, um, The Guest, 2014, directed by uh, Adam Wingard, who we were talking about, I think we've even mentioned him probably on the podcast yeah, before. He's but. done uh, Your Next. He's done uh, a couple of vignettes for VHS 1 and 2, ABCs of Death, I think 2. Um, he doesn't have a lot to his credit. He's still but, building it. Yeah, but he's he's doing pretty damn good. The filmography so far is looking really good. Yeah. And his writing partner is Simon Barrett, who wrote Your Next and the bits and pieces he did on VHS and VHS 2 and ABCs of Death. Um, so they've got a really good synergy going on. Mm-hmm. And it's very obvious in this in this particular film yeah. that they work well with each they're other. They're sharing the same vision. Absolutely. They're, yeah. they're two fanboys that were raised on the Carpenter, the Cronenberg, yeah. uh, the, the Cameron, mm-hmm. all of those just visionary 80s directors. Because you can see a lot of those. You can see definitely Cameron. Um, you can see a lot of uh, definitely John Carpenter. Oh, man. Um, I mean, there's just some, you're like, uh, it feels like a new old blanket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, my old blanket's all tattered and shredded. I'm going to get this new blanket. Oh, this is nice and cozy. Cause it's, like, it's familiar. It's very familiar. But it still has that sheen on it, mm-hmm. almost like that new movie smell, if right, you will. Right, right. But it's still it's so in- instantly identifiable, though, as a throwback. Yeah. Just, and I, the, the first thing I want to talk about in terms of the talking points on it is the score of this film. The score is wicked. The score is a badass score, man. It's, uh, it's uh, composed by Steve Moore. And it's an interest. It's very, it's very Carpenter esque. Yeah, super Carpenter. Very synthy, very dark. Even very, the mixtape that she makes him, it's like whoa. It's almost like pop esque Carpenter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. like uh, the lost it, tapes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever heard um, Elysian Fields by any chance? Uh-uh. 
uh, like uh, Portishead. Yeah, Portishead. Where you, where you get that kind of like, like almost trip hop ish, yeah, kind of noiry type, yeah, with the soulful, yeah, with the soulful I can see, female I can, on that. Yeah, I could see that, but like filtered through a Carpenter kind mm-hmm. of feel, mm-hmm. because yeah, even the music on it that's not necessarily the traditional score. No, it's good stuff. Still feels that yeah. way, and it just fuels this film. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, just in terms of what Wingard did in terms of kind of filtering Carpenter, same thing with um, Steve Moore in just the music. Yeah. Because it really drives the film. Even the uh, during the uh, homecoming Halloween dance, that music he plays, he just like, oh, I'll put on the mixtape. And I'm like, that's perfect music. It's Because it's wonderful. like creepy, but yet kind of like, you know, something's dangerous, mm-hmm. a little bit sexy, you know, just... It's good stuff. It's really good. So the film mm-hmm. is all about a family that have lost their kid in the Gulf War, and a soldier returns home and introduces himself to the family. He's like, "Listen, I knew your, you know, I knew your son. Um, I he was where I was there when he died. Mm-hmm. His last wish was for me to just take care of it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it goes from there. And initially, plays like, well, this kid is actually bringing positive things in the mm-hmm. family. Uh, he's gonna, you know, there's they've got a son and a daughter." Uh, the daughter is played by uh, Mar- uh, Micah Monroe, who was in It Follows. She's a treat. She is. And she's already getting like that little horror genre kind of mm-hmm. actress thing, which yeah. I love. Yeah. Um, and then the son is played by Brennan Meyer. And the the son, uh, Bre- I think his actual name is Brandon in this one, he's basically the sad sack. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't st- uh, stick up for himself. Bullies are kicking his ass, like on the reg. And you see, and it's uh, David Stephen plays David. Uh, excuse me, uh, Dan Stephen plays David. Who is the the guest? Okay, the titular. The I'm going to say this right now. Um, I'm comfortable in my sexuality enough to say this. That dude is dreamy. It's those eyes. It's those eyes. And then he's like all swollen stuff. He's a dreamy dude. He's he, he's a handsome lad. And that's what I think is the cool contrast with this film. Because yeah. on the surface of things, it doesn't necessarily look threatening or intimidating. Because he looks like, you know, an all-American uh, kid. I'm the boy next door, you know? And then he has like, kind of that aw shucks yeah, to oh, him. Well, you know, I guess down in St. Olaf, you know? But yeah, he fucks shit up. He really does. And the, uh, the, the mother and father, uh, the mother's uh, Sheila Cayley. Who was actually, I remember initially seeing her in Tales of the Blue Iguana, which is a movie all about strippers. <laughs> what? Daryl Hannah is in that one. Really? Sandra O oh is in that one. Oh. 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 Oh, to the O. Oh. <laughs> uh, but she was in that movie and she was really good in it. I remember her. And then, now that I have not seen. It's well worth your time, my friend. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big, big fan of those uh, old movies like that. <laughs> sure. You know, I enhance the, myself. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then the father <laughs> is uh, Leland Oster. <laughs> Go away, Bacon. Who, if you, uh, Leland Oser, who is one of those character actors that you immediately recognize. Yeah. He's been in. He's been in a lot of stuff. Because I, I was like, hey, that's that guy from uh, that one movie. What? You know, that one movie where he does the thing. It's one of those. He's one of those guys. He's you know, he's really... the guy. He, he, he's got, he does that stuff. And he said that one line that was cool. And then he got killed that one way. You know who I'm talking about? And then I'm like, no. no. And I'm like, no, but. Then you see him and you go, oh, oh that, yeah, that, that guy. guy. So they've got a really, really good, um, a really good cast for the family. Yeah. And like I said, David is introduced to the family, and things start bettering around the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, he teaches the kid to stick up for himself. He, he, in such a great in, scene, yeah, yeah. where he basically picks the kid up, and he's like, "Who, who are the ones that are you know messing with you?" And the kid points him out, and they're there's just so stereotypical bullies. Yeah, they're douchey football players. They're yes. straight out of like uh, Saved by the Bell kind mm-hmm. of kind of douchey kind yeah. of bullies. Oh yeah. 
But this is a small town, so they get to, because of the football stars, they get to go to this local bar and drink. And so uh, David follows them there, and he's like, I'm going to go in for a drink. You want to go with me? And the kid's scared shitless, which I can't blame him. Oh, hell no, I couldn't blame him. Not one, he's going into a bar where his bullies are at drinking. And second of all, he's like, what, 17? Oh, he's a young kid. Yeah. And I, I, I think he's kind of the audience surrogate for the most part, just in terms of your point of view. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, I wouldn't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, uh, David goes in there. And the bullies immediately are like, what the fuck is this kid doing in here? Mm-hmm. And then the great move, uh, he orders them. He orders the ladies. The, be- the <laughs> blowjob blow shots. shots. Yes. Yes. And then the guys, he orders the Cosmopolitans. And then he orders himself, what was it, uh, Tabasco and uh, it was, uh, whiskey. No, it was Tabasco and... Um, Oh, it was like a sh- uh, like a, schnapps. It yes. was cinnamon schnapps and fire and whiskey. Yeah, and and, and no, Tabasco. Uh, Tabasco sauce. So yeah, that's a spicy drink. Oh, that's some gnarly stuff. <laughs> but ultimately, the bullies come over, start messing with them, and then that's when you get the first taste of violence in this film. Yeah, it hits. He fucks them up, man. And you you get a you get a hint that there's something wrong with this guy. Like maybe he's suffering from some sort of a PTSD because you get shots of him where he's not sleeping. You just see him in the bedroom. Staring. Yes. Yeah. But the thing I like when he kicked the football player's ass, he didn't just kick their ass. He, like one of them, he crippled him. Oh, he like yeah. ended his he ended his football career. And if you notice, he didn't start it. No. The guy threw the first punch. He moved. He just died. He like fucking Tai Chi master and <laughs> shit, man. It's Well, that's, and I like that because then he's not the instigator. He's right. merely defending himself, but he messes them oh, up. He, yeah, he rocks their world, And man. it's that first, the first day, well, that's when I was like, okay, I can dig that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. he's gonna he's just he's kind of a badass mm-hmm. cool he's and he was kind of i won't say he was in the right but he was defending himself and the other kid and he he was in the right dude i mean his his his, his buddy was getting his ass kicked on the rag oh man if i had I, someone to like kick ass for me man fuck you yeah. it was it's the my bodyguard for the new new generation basically mm-hmm. my buddy my buddy my buddy and me is gonna kick your ass <laughs> breaking bones and drinking yeah it's it's such a great scene and so you get that now the dad is kind of also a sad sack because he makes mention that he got like passed over for the promotion at work that's bullshit i gave them so much money and they did they fuck me over like that too bad he wasn't tommy wiseau and this one is the dad <laughs> oh hi david <laughs> right i did not i did not kill them that's bullshit how's uh, your sex life how's your s- <laughs> speaking of actually there's a really weird scene where uh david um accompanies um Anna, who is the daughter, to this party. He's put upon the mom's like, hey, invite him out to this party. And she's like, oh, yeah. yeah. So they go to this party. And there's a great scene where the the hostess opens the door. And she's just cute as a button, yeah, little, you is. know. Yeah, she is. And, um, and, of course, like you said, everyone he's falls dreamy, for this guy. Yeah. It doesn't so she's matter just who like, you are. Who's this? And, like, you know, he's just he's like, I'm going to get some ass. <laughs> well, <laughs> he has a great thing where uh, they're like, uh, they're trying to bring the kegs in. He's like, I'll go do it. And, and then, he brings the kegs in like they're fucking nothing. That surprised me the most. I was like, God damn, that dude is buff. He's got like three kegs. He's like, where do you want these at? And everybody's like, fuck. It and, impresses the shit out of everyone. And especially the girls, because you could hear sploosh. sploosh. You could just hear like, just like, somebody drop a jar of mayonnaise on the floor. What the fuck's going on? That's foul. It was too much. Was that too much? <laughs> That's okay. It okay. works, though. But there's a scene where basically he defends the girl. Her, her boyfriend comes in. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, or oh, ex-boyfriend, I guess. He's like, hey, you know, you haven't been talking to me. Now you've got a party. And he, he's David is very efficient in this movie because oh, yeah. he just basically slams his head against the wall. Dude drops. Yeah. And then he goes to the guys that were with him. He's like, get you him want, out of here. Yeah, yeah. go. You want to do this or just get him out? 
And so, of course, she she splooshes again. She gets him up into the bedroom. Now, if you notice when they're messing around, and this is where you get the gratuitous booby shot. Yes. And like she's like, you're not into it. But then he gets on top, gets a little violent, and goes, now I'm into it. That freaked me out initially because I was like, oh, where's this going? But it just it doesn't really tell you because then they come back down as if everything was good. So I don't no, know. No, because no, she dug it. Oh, yeah, she, yeah, she, true. she, I guess does, she true. dug it because like she, she's like, oh, okay, let's do this, and like, yeah, and they come back down, everything's yeah. good, and so they, he hooks up with the local like kind of scumbagish dude, Joel uh, David Moore. Yes, I love Joel David Moore. He is such. I mean, I mean David Joel Moore. No, yeah, I think it's Joel David Moore. Our our fans will uh, they're yeah. screaming at the, uh, yeah. the. What's wrong with you guys? He's great though, man. He's hilarious. He's funny. He's very funny. And grandma's son of my face, right? And <laughs> he he's he he was great in Hatchet. Uh, really cool in Spiral. He can play um, straight. He can play uh, weird. He can play kooky. He was an awesome Hitler. Was he really? I don't. What, he played one? Hitler in Chillerama. Really? Mm-hmm. He played in, in the Diary of Anne Frankenstein, <laughs> and like his German, like his every every like line he he'll say something like stupid. Like one of he had a soliloquy, and he was speaking fake German, and it was nothing but Pokemon. He was like, "Pikachu, magic carp, Snorlax, and Savin." And then like, yeah, that's it was kind of wonderful. It was great. He was hilarious. And then he was like, "I should have called him Mashugana," because he makes like a big giant. Jewish Frankenstein. Oh wow! It, you know it is a golem, so that works. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's awesome. but he basically plays kind of the local drug dealing kind mm-hmm. of guy that can basically get, get anything stuff. And yeah. David's like, I need a gun, and he's like, Why do you need a gun? He's like, I'm a soldier. I like guns. Yeah, that was like I was like, Ooh, oh, so shit. shit's about to the get real. Thickens. Yeah, right. And so ultimately, um, Anna yeah. starts basically becoming suspicious of David. Like she notices there's just something wrong with what his story is. And unfortunately, though, but uh, Brandon, the little, the the the, little, the, the son is basically really bonding with him. Mm-hmm. And the second time I watched this, I really focused on that because ultimately when they realize that some bad, ill-ass shit is going down, the kid, this, this he's just like, I don't care, you know? But that's that's one part that fucking bothered, bothered me you? when he was like, hey, so my sister done ratted you out. But you know what? It's cool. I'm right. cool. And I'm like, you son of a bitch! You weren't supposed to say that, man. You were supposed... Like, ah, you snitched. Well, he, he, he felt... I think it just goes to that bond because yeah. he had been so bullied and this guy was sticking up for him. Right. And probably the first time anyone has really ever... Really have done that for him. Absolutely. Because he mentioned that he doesn't necessarily have... He's got online friends, but no real face-to-face friends. Mm-hmm. So that in itself, I was like, I, I get that. But at the same time, but, I was like, oh, you snitch fucking snitches get stitches for oh, being punk bitches man and i was like ah but it's because anna makes a call to the army that sets basically this, everything in motion yes yeah. from there because again david has really bettered everyone the <laughs> the the father who uh, was passed over promotion the promotion the guy that got the promotion mysteriously seriously died and yeah. then case and then the, the dad gets the promotion now so you're mm-hmm. like oh, all these things are going well this and that yeah but once the daughter really yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's yeah once that daughter makes the phone call and then you get a great shot of uh, lance reddick wire alumni who's in all the good movies he shows mm-hmm. up and they he's basically this kind of uh, uh, Pentagon military guy, black ops totally, mm-hmm. but he gets interrupted. Me and like, sir, we've uh, got contact on such and such, and you're like, okay, where's this going now? He's like, Excuse me, I gotta go. And then like, like, fuck, man. And so they introduce that interesting element of that, and that's mm-hmm. where, like you said, that's where this film really takes a turn. Yeah, because a once surprisingly 
quick turn. Very much so, because we find out that David was part of a program, almost like a super soldier program, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where he faked his own death to escape these guys. Spoiler, 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 oh, spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. This yeah. is we, we, we warned you about spoilers. Right. Uh, but he's basically a super soldier. And then once his identity is compromised, compromised he, he goes in like survival mode he becomes the shape yeah he becomes michael myers mm-hmm. he becomes your slasher and this is where he becomes john wick man he be- <laughs> he's he- not the boogeyman he's the man you want to hire to kill the boogeyman he really does because yeah. he is there's so there's this great shot where um uh, sheila kaylee and da- david are out uh they're hanging up clothes you've got um they're in the back they're in the yard and the army dudes roll up and they're like, you know, have you seen him? She's like, I guess he's just right over here. And you get this great shot where the, the sheet is billowing, and it's straight out of Halloween. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was one of those things I saw, and I'm like, okay, that's great. I was waiting for, you know, that little, like, musical sting. That, Absolutely. Like, yeah. And then that's when you, the the gun, the the action kicks Gung in. Gung-fu kicks in. Gung-fu, the gunplay. Yeah. This is where definitely a Cameron-esque oh, uh, yeah. vibe kicks in. Oh, yeah. Because this is a great... Some great action gun he's action. A Terminator. He's basically like the T one thousand. He really is. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing this this, this plays on is uh, much like the Terminator was basically a slasher film disguised as a sci fi film. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this. Yeah. This is he is a slasher disguised as an as action like an film. Action. Mm-hmm. And so he ultimately takes all those guys out, makes his way out. But the most shocking thing for me is again when he, when he ices the mom. He takes out the mom. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Not at all. Because I was thinking, okay, he's going to protect the family. I didn't know, like, you know, till death. You I know? know, and that's what, the, the, again, another turn that it takes. You're just like, holy shit, I was, like you said, you were not anticipating that because mm-hmm. he was supposed to be looking out for them. And you find out later that because his identity had been compromised, he's going to take anyone out. All loose ends. Yes. When he throws that grenade into the fucking the restaurant, that was badass. He's With like, the- fuck. And then just walks out the door, and I was like, God damn. It's insane. Because then he shoots the chick that he got some puss from, and I'm just like, oh, man. I know. That sucks. No, and he he takes the father out. Yeah. And that crazy scene where he hits him head on with the the car. Mm -hmm. He is literally eliminating all loose ends, so there is no trace of him. Yeah. And no matter what cost, if you get in his way, your host. Absolutely. Yeah. There is there's a lot of collateral damage with him. Mm-hmm. Which was very intense. And actually what was it was it an in sync song or something that was playing uh when he did when he uh let loose with the grenades in the diner because it was very boy bandish. Uh huh. There was like everybody. Yes. And I was like, Okay, that's kind of a but I really like the fact that before he kills the mom, he you can tell he's sorry. He even says, "I'm yeah, sorry." He goes, I'm, he, you see remorse, yes, for like a brief second, very yeah. brief. And then, but he even mentions that like your son would understand what I have to do because mm-hmm. his her their son was, was part a of the super same. soldier too. Yeah, yep. And so he ultimately has taken everyone out. Now I should we should have probably said this from the start. This is also set during Halloween. Yeah. Which is which, should which gives give you, it a good little it it gives it that little extra flair absolutely you know? it, it, even the opening shot you see it's a, a, a jack o' lantern scarecrow mm-hmm. and it's like okay I see where you're going with this mm-hmm. because uh, the son uh, Brandon is actually uh, in detention which was badass the way he got him out of detention it's brilliant oh, it's wonderful yeah. it's so good um, oh yeah that whole scene when he's uh, threatening the principal with uh, uh-huh. it's like this could this is a hate crime hate. They so the- so basically you you said that he. What what was the he was like? What was the word right. that was called? And the guy was like, um, <laughs> the principal, was like, um, he called David a, a, a faggot. He goes, oh, so basically this is a hate crime. So I should go to the press with this. And he's like, no, 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 no. We 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 can work this out. And this but, was still at the point when he was bettering the lives of the family mm-hmm. again. Yeah, 
he was like he was he knew he was going to kill him, but at the same time he's like you I know don't what? think he, I don't think he was no initially. he wasn't because it wasn't until he knew it wasn't until after that when he found out that mm-hmm. they got ratted out. I think initially his whole plan was he was going to get plastic surgery done to alter himself. I think what I think if he had this if the daughter had not called. I don't think any of this would have happened. Yeah, I think they would. He would have walked away. Would have taken care of him. Snitches get stitches. I know, man. and that's what's sad is yeah. that ultimately that's what that is the downfall of everyone. Yeah. But stop snitching. Stop snitching. But they're at this uh, Halloween dance and they're setting up this Halloween maze mm-hmm. and it's wonderful atmosphere. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You've got fog, smog, smoke, mm-hmm. uh, 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 that little mirror maze, which is wonderful. Yeah, a lot, straight out of uh, Into the, the Dragon. dragon. Uh-huh. Expecting Dr. Claw to come out. <laughs> right. You have our gratitude. <laughs> this is not a show way. <laughs> but, he, but he basically starts stalking them, uh-huh. a la Michael Myers, through this maze. And it's so, it plays so well. Mm-hmm. And even the, the, the uh, Brandon's like, he's not going to hurt us. I know he won't hurt us. He just killed mom and dad, you dumb son of a bitch and, and like, that's oh, oh okay but you you get the the traditional kind of uh, final girl stalking the showdown mm-hmm. and i i won't i won't we won't spoil the ending of this oh, one after we just after, spoiled the whole movie. Show we, show we spoil the ending well we already said spoils okay. and shit so he basically gets shot he gets stabbed again he, he like survives a lot of shit man i was surprised because yeah, well, I think that the, the programming in himself is going to bypass all the pain. Yeah, you know, he's just his his lone instinct is survival. He's Maybe a, he's got like super healing, like fucking Wolverine. Wolverine. Or something. If he's a super soldier, you know, he's got some heightened senses going right. on. And maybe that is one of them. But like almost like uh, Salma Hayek and Everly, which just is a pure... another fucking oh. badass movie. Man. Oh, so wonderful! Thank oh, you, Joe Lynch. Oh, yes. Um, yes, but yeah, just pure instinct, pure survivor, and mm-hmm. that's what they do. But ultimately, you think he's dead. You know, it's almost like uh, Friday the 13th in the end where everything is good mm-hmm. or Halloween 2 oh yes it was a, it reminded me of Halloween 2 because they're in the the in the the, the ambulance mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for bum 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 but instead we get this ending almost like the prof- if the prof- if Leon from the professional had gotten away right because David has disguised himself as one of the firemen and is walking away walking and he away. makes eye contact with the girl yeah. and then it's just the guest yeah and you're like oh shit uh-huh. when I saw this the first time I actually I I kind of cheered I was like yeah yeah because I was I was like that was not at all what I was expecting mm-hmm. it was a fun ride I had mm-hmm. a lot of fun with it and that was why i was like my god it was really a slasher horror movie and it was it was it was condensed it wasn't like overly long no not it wasn't all. like it know. was kind of a slower burn to start with mm-hmm. but it was really just setting up the characters but it was an interesting burn it was an interesting slow burn mm-hmm. and then finally when everything went crazy you were already invested and you're already along for the ride and so you're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then at the end, I was like, that movie was sweet. And this is definitely a film I think that will be divisive for a lot of people. Almost like from Dust Till Dawn, when the turn happens. Mm-hmm. I know there are some people that hate that. They just can't stand that. Really? So I think this one will elicit that kind of same response with people. Mm. And to me, this is going to be one of those litmus test films mm-hmm. where it's like, if you like it, we'll get along. If you don't like it, it's cool too. But, you know. Yeah. It's almost like uh, I love movies that like have crazy turns when they work right. Yeah. Like We Are Still Here. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a batshit turn. That was a fun and turn. And that was a good turn. This was a good turn. Uh, Dustle Dawn was a good turn. There's a lot of good turn movies. Even his last movie, I'm the, Adam Wingard's uh, You're Next. Next, that had a good turn. Oh, in yeah. It. oh, yeah. That had a great turn. When you turn. find out who the, the actual person is mm-hmm. that's been in it, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I should have seen that. Right. Why didn't I? Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that I really want to also like to talk about as well is um, the good practical effects in this film. Mm-hmm. There Squibs. Are, yes. Yeah. That is something you don't see anymore. Uh-uh. You just—it's all usually digital. 
digital of the, the digital, digital blood you see mm-hmm. this is all squibs mm-hmm. which i love because it's pulpy it's messy and there's a lot of blood in this film there's a lot, especially when that turn yeah. kicks because he is he's efficient with his gunplay um he's just a one-two shot dude even mm-hmm. when um the the drug dealer when he when he basically kills the the gun dealer and the friend takes his time yeah. one bullet and you're like oh shit this dude's dangerous mm-hmm. man it was just so because the guy was like 500 yards away and he didn't he didn't even like study his hand with one it was, it was just like, the mm-hmm. one armed shot man Pop. it was this yeah. one was so that was much gangster fun. that was straight up gangster I, I was like that's just gangster it was just the fact that he's like i'm gonna kill you now for for these guns you're like and he I, you mentioned his his demeanor he plays it very terminator-esque very, yeah very cold very, not a lot of emotion mm-hmm. it was it just worked so well mm-hmm. there were so many things i liked about this film it's one of those i cannot recommend enough for the most part um don't watch the trailer for this though no going cold yes go this on, is that's what I well saying. if you're listening to this you're not cold anymore <laughs> you, but, came, you came back yeah, for this one the, yeah so but definitely you know encourage your friends to check it out because it is such a throwback it's just mm-hmm. to me this is one of those films I would have caught on HBO and just watched it over and over again. Because, yeah. like, there wasn't a lot of hype no, not behind it. There wasn't a lot of anything about it. All I heard was, like, the guest was good, fucking movie. And, like, I hear that from a lot of people, like, dude, the guest is great. And that's why I would go, oh, yeah, of course I've seen that. And just like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, and then the more and more people kept saying, you really need to see this. Because you saw this before I did. I did. And you're like, dude, you got to fucking see this movie. I and texted I'm like, you. Okay. I was like, dude, the, the guest is the truth, man. Yeah. Like, it is worth all the hype. Yeah. I just, oh, I just. Because you've actually introduced me to a lot of movies that I've missed, I kind of dismissed, like uh, John Wick. Mm-hmm. I, I, I dismissed that mm-hmm. as, like, you know, fucking, that was a fucking phenomenal movie. Fucking Everly. Oh, Everly. That was a Everly's great wonderful. fucking movie. Well, we're getting this almost renaissance of these kind of, I guess, throwback movies. Uh, throwback action movies, yes. which I'm so fucking glad. Well, you know, we talked about the on the last episode, kind of the horror renaissance is coming back. Mm-hmm. This is kind of in that horror action Almost like an renaissance. 80s renaissance. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, just, you know, just like uh, maybe about five, ten years ago, it was all... Uh, 70s Mm -hmm. 70s throwback things Mm -hmm. you know now we're getting kind of like the 80s well i think it's basically it's the the generation that was raised on those films are are now now... able to make what they want to make and i love that especially when they're channeling their carpenter Mm -hmm. when they're channeling the camera the the, the, the big c's if you will you know (laughs) because we can't we i honestly can't get enough of that no it's great i'm it just makes me very happy (laughs) sploosh yeah so you know it's on netflix um instant right now check it out Mm -hmm. well worth your time uh when we're we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna throw you out a rotten Reynolds recommendation in 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 the spirit of carpenter and crypticon mm-hmm. we will be back yep we are back here on the nightmare junkhead podcast and as we like to do occasionally uh we like to throw a little bone out to our friends over at rotten Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not familiar with rotten Reynolds, genius can you tell us a little bit about them they're fucking amazing <laughs> so <laughs> i'm sold right <laughs> done no um what they are is they take those old clamshell vhs uh cases and they put in these fantastic throwback images of the the cover art yes. on a lot and of And the back art as yeah, well. Yeah, the back art as well that tells you a synopsis and like this is a canon film blah 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 blah. blah. But there's no VHS tape inside. Instead, there's um 
little figurines, little zombie tarot cards, just a treasure trove of who knows what. Scream uh, queen, queens. Yes. Um, like p- trading cards of like uh, uh, some slashers, random shit. Random shit. I mean, it's fantastic. And you don't know what. It's like those Japanese blind boxes. Right. You don't know what you're going to get inside of them. But you know you're going to get something you're gonna good. You're going to get something good. I mean, there's just. And the cover alone on them is worth like the 20 bucks that they usually and sell. And it really for. recreates that whole feeling of going to the, vi- the video store and then mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. making your decision based on the cover art and what's on the back that's for me i've got five of them over there and yeah. i'm they're ever increasing because they're just so much fun yeah i got about four or five too and we because we're uh, we're going to be seen here at crypticon uh rotten Reynolds will be at crypticon and we wanted to give a chance because they've got some amazing ex- crypticon exclusives mm-hmm. here that we want to talk a little bit about they got a whole bunch of new releases but they're only going to be selling these at crypticon and there's only like 25 main limited each one. edition yeah and the first one is the batshit insane hasu God damn. not to be confused with house from 1986 no this is the original japanese i think it was like 77 maybe when it Evil came out cat fucking <laughs> floating heads if you haven't seen it do yourself a favor. It's, check it out. It's wacky. Just don't do any recreational drugs beforehand. Or do or a maybe lot. It might really so, no, don't do a little. Either either don't do any or fucking go for the gold. Right? Oh, Just man. do one Just, or two. Yeah, because yeah. it is insane. Insanely yeah, fun. It's yeah. Don't yeah. There are don't many just times kinda... you are going to just be going. What the fuck did I just yeah, watch? Either what go Stone Cold Sober or like Amy Winehouse High. <laughs> don't go. <laughs> don't go. Like, make me watch Hasu. I said no, no, no. But <laughs> no, yeah. Don't 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 half-ass it. It's, it's bad fun. shit. It's fun. It's great. Um, <laughs> just the fucking floor with blood and like fucking just the the floating things and the cats jumping the at people. Weird ass effects in that film oh. are just fun in a bond yeah. already. To, to borrow a phrase, <laughs> sorry about that. It's a good phrase. You can use it. Right. Um, the next one, you can only say his name. I can't say his name five times in Uh-oh. the movie. Uh oh. The next one is Candyman. and this is a guest artist, uh, Patrick Carson Sparrow, <laughs> and it is. Fucking cool as shit. This one is beautiful. You know, it's gorgeous. This is the one I'm probably, this is one of the ones I'm going to pick up, I think. Yeah. And yeah. we're going to uh, actually talk about Candyman next year in February, just to kind of give you a hint, because mm-hmm. this is one of those films that deserves to be revisited. And we're going to meet Candyman. Candyman himself. Candyman himself. We'll Tony be at Tom, yeah. Here, look for Candyman, bitch. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, maybe he'll say, be my victim. That movie still fucks me up. It's a great movie. And the score is scary, too. Philip Glass. It's beautiful. It's chilling. And haunting. It's like a gothic score. It's wonderful. That's beautiful. Not gothic as in like black metal no, but no, like no. gothic yeah. and like american you know, gothic, yeah, gothic it's just everything like, yeah. lined up for that film it was one of those that i it, the 90s they say sometimes is kind of a weak period of for horror but to me that is one of the high points oh man. most definitely mm. clive barker is like most sinister and created an icon an iconic horror mm-hmm. villain in mm-hmm. Candyman, and a th- sympathetic villain at that yeah you felt bad for him and at the same time you felt the his plight and his pathos oh absolutely which is makes it that much more of a villain either you want to hate him 
Or you just like, you know what? I feel your pain. And the way I the movie is, the way the movie is shot, it doesn't necessarily seem like a horror film. No, it's, it's very much in the vein of like uh, the Silence of the Lambs, which mm-hmm. is it's a very serious film. It just happens to be very gory and <laughs> super ooh, gory and and, cr- and very creepy. There's that one shot where after he kills the uh, the therapist, and he he basically goes backwards through the the window in the wall. Yeah. Yes, that freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Still freaks me out to this day how they did that because it was no, there was no CGI with it. It was all practical mm-hmm. and it was just messed up. And the graffiti on the wall where it's just him opening his mouth, and, opening it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Candyman, yeah. such a good. Oh shit, that's two times now. We got <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no mirrors. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right. And then the last one, the uh, Crypticon exclusive, which is phenomenal. There's actually two versions of it, and it's. Speaking of John Carpenter, as we did, it's They Live. And it looks so good. Again, guest artist Patrick Carson Sparrow knocked it out of the park with this one. Um, it says Obey and then Consume. And there's two versions. There's the black and white version, and then there's the uh, color version. And it's glorious. Um, it's basically Roddy Piper as one of the aliens. It's, oh, yeah. It's so cool looking. And, you know, this is definitely our Rotten Reynolds recommendation, uh, mm-hmm. more so because of the fact that, you know, the guest is very much a Carpenter-esque film, mm-hmm. but also because we recently the, lost... The passing of Roddy Piper. Which was just a just a shot, not not only for the horror community, but the wrestling community, mm-hmm. almost just the pop culture community in yeah. general, because he kind of transcended beyond his wrestling mm-hmm. start and became just one of those people that was just so well-known. He was a pre-rock. He was, very much so, because mm-hmm. he, he had a great presence he, yeah, in the Yeah, he films. was a big attitude he was a big star because in they live he plays nada which is just a great character almost blank slate kind of Mm -hmm. every man that stumbles upon this alien conspiracy and you can almost see where like a kurt russell could have played that role it would have been a way different movie oh absolutely absolutely roddy piper gave the character so much more character yeah charisma Mm -hmm. and he really incorporated kind of his his pro wrestling his persona bravado very oh Uh there's okay so if anyone hasn't seen they live this is definitely john carper in the kind of the mid 80s when he was transitioning where he became kind of a director for hire this and that this is one of those films that is definitely a cult classic it's Mm -hmm. one of the much like almost all of his films was underappreciated at the time ghost of mars oh ghost of mars (laughs) big trouble little china you know all of those films that didn't play well initially in the theater but man in the in the advents of home video people picked up on this and like oh this is really good yeah it's really really good it's it's basically a symbolism (laughs) for consumerism and a lot of different the the downfall of society in the 80s carpenter he's he's one of the again he's very much an autonomous Tour, but mm-hmm. he's also a very he's very much an intellectual yeah and you can tell he kind of rises above the genres that he's in mm-hmm. but he gives those genres credibility right he gives a, he gives everything he has a message there's always a message in his movies and that's the beautiful thing with the message in this film uh-huh. Mar- basically aliens for the most part are controlling us without our knowledge is all subliminal, subliminal. Mm-hmm. and it's a small group of freedom fighters that are able to basically kind of um, see past their veneer with these special glasses mm-hmm. And so in one of the great all-time scenes, you basically see uh, Roddy Piper putting on the glasses for the first time, and everything goes from color to black and white. white. And you basically see billboards. uh, There's a billboard of a beautiful lady on a beach, and instead of that, when he puts the glass on, it says, like, marry and reproduce. Uh One of my favorite ones is when he's looking at the money. Says, this is your God. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's seeing all that and he's like, oh, I figured it'd be like this. And then all of a sudden, that's when he starts noticing some of the people mm-hmm. 
are aliens. Yeah. And it's a it's a metaphor for the times of society in the eighties where Reagan- it was all about Reaganomics and mm-hmm. all about like the, the mass consumerism and just spend, spend, Trickle spend. Trickle down economics. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where the rich are getting richer and it the- was a big metaphor and it still holds up to this day. This is oh this movie really holds up to yeah. this day to the fact that when we release this episode uh tomorrow we're actually going to the Alamotis checkout a screening of mm-hmm. They Live. Yeah. Well all the proceeds are going to uh, the the charity for that Piper put on, which is wonderful. Uh but it's a very action-oriented movie uh works on and there, i love the shout out that uh basically there's a film critic on tv at the very end going the movie the john carpenter's of the world the george romero's right or just the just downfall. talking shit just talking shit the fact that he's talking shit about himself in his own movie is just glorious ah, that's what and, and this also features a really good carpenter score as well mm-hmm. kind of has almost a mm-hmm. western kind of feel yeah. to it yeah so it's definitely different from what he normally did but it just works so well and then uh, we can't talk about this film without the fight <laughs> The fucking Keith David fight, dude. Keith David in this film as well. Probably his first, uh, he was with uh, The Thing, him and Carpenter worked together initially, Uh so I think this is the second film he did with Carpenter. Oh, you can't go wrong with anything Keith David, though, man. Keith David also elevates any film he's in. Just such gravitas in his voice. Hells yeah. You know, talk about the Tony Todd voice, you know, the Keith David voice. But there's a fight scene in this film that goes on a good ten minutes, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is brutal. No holds fucking barred, man. It there is... are clotheslines thrown in this one. <laughs> There's suplexes. <laughs> there are trash to... cans. It's like uh, what was those? Uh, anything goes wrestling matches, like table oh, no chairs, bar- oh, no holds bar uh, ones. Yeah, yeah, like no DQ and yeah, shit. Yeah, the one that mankind used to do and shit, man. Like just a trash can out of nowhere. Like the, the 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 human body cannot suffer this kind of abuse that they put on for these ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It is it's absurd, and it's almost like the Simpsons rake gag. Yeah, a uh, rake gag where <laughs> <laughs> where eventually it gets it's comical. Then you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is getting kind of really weird. Then it gets comical again. And uh-huh. weird, then it gets absurd, and then it hits. Then it gets like put on just, the fucking glasses. And that's just it. Roddy Piper, all he wants him to do is this put, on, is the put glasses, on the glasses. But the guy refuses to because uh-huh. at this point, Roddy Piper had basically gone on a killing spree. Yeah. But everyone thinks he's just killing, killing people. Man. Yeah. But it turned out he was killing the aliens. Mm-hmm. And oh god, it's wonderful. Uh, Meg Foster is in this film. The gorgeous evil Lynn. Yeah, those eyes. those eyes, man. Those are some piercing, beautiful eyes. There's a lot of uh, key players as well that show up in a lot of the Carpenter films, and this this film also has a great ending, very much to the point where the film Roddy Piper gives the finger mm-hmm. to the aliens, basically, ultimately freeing mankind, maybe because they kill the satellite signal that basically drops the camo for everyone. But we never really know. It's no. one of those open ending endings, which is beautiful. But... Well, that's why that's what Carpenter did really well. Yeah. Uh, the thing, the thing, yeah. Prince of Darkness, Big Trouble, Big Trouble. One, God, yeah. See, this is like, the master. Uh-huh. You know, that's why you know you mentioned Ghost of Mars earlier. I know that we. I need to revisit some of his '90s material. Vampires, I liked a lot. Vampires was good. I was surprised by vampires, but I'm telling you, in the Ghost '90s, of Mars. Ghost of Mars for me, man. Okay, I'm gonna definitely revisit that one because because yeah, that's I, an open ending one too. We, we owe it to the to the master, to John Carpenter. Um, I wanted to a twist. <laughs> That's one of the most cold-blooded things I've ever seen in all cinema, dude. Yeah. The vanilla twist little girl getting shot over oh, the ice cream. Jesus Christ. The sold on Precinct 13? Mm-hmm. You want to talk the, about... That is one of the most cold-blooded fucking things I've seen. Announcing your presence with authority, mm-hmm. man. It's like, this is the kind of film, this yeah. is the, the filmmaker I'm going to be... Shit, the, 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 the theme for a oh, song. Yeah. Precinct. Oh, I just... I, 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 I'm... I'm I fanboy out when I talk about Carpenter, but yeah. he was a renaissance man. Yeah, no, he's 
uh, uh, composer, director, writer. writer. Yeah. He did everything. And yeah. he did it so well. And he had his own vision. And he had his own signature style. Well, and that's why I love John Carpenter's Halloween. John mm-hmm. Carpenter's The Thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that. To that, the point where movies like The Guest are now trying to emulate his style. You would almost want to say Adam Wingard wanted to be Adam Wingard's The Guest. The Guest. You yeah. know, I just. And Adam I, Wingard. And John Carpenter presents Adam Wingard's The Guest. You know what? And I really love that Carpenter now is basically, he's just making music at this point. He's like, you know what? People can remake my movies all they want. I'm getting the money for it. Right. I'm cool with that. Right. And apart, I know people are like, oh, sell out. I'm like, no, 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 no. He made the original. Yeah. He did what he needed to do. At this point, let's bring, let's give him the money. And he's got nothing to prove. No, God, He's got nothing to prove to nobody. He's, he is a true master. He's an auteur. He he just happened to be one of those, I don't want to say genius, but basically the kind of cat that, no matter what genre of film that he would have started with, his way. absolutely, yeah. which is why you get the Halloween, mm-hmm. just these wonderful just movies, beautiful movies, fucking art, man, very much art. art. Uh, so definitely check out the the They Live Rotten Rentals exclusive when you're at Crypticon. Get mm-hmm. both versions, man. Yeah, um, it's just support. Money. Yes, yeah, it's just the, oh yeah, consu- <laughs> if, consume. If you, if, if you don't, the aliens win. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check it out. It's a lot of fun, guys. Uh, so uh, my name is Greg. I'm Genius McGee, and we will see you all in your dreams. Mm-hmm.